Hello guys, my name is Matias. I'm 18 years old and I come from Peru. I'm currently living in Barcelona and racing for G4 Racing. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on the podcast today, Matias. It's uh, lovely to have you as a guest. Uh, obviously, racing in Formula Regional European Championship this year, which uh, was a sport series to F1 at Monaco this weekend. Uh, how was it being sport series at Monaco? It must oh, be it quite was, special. It was great. I think it's it's such a special opportunity. And of course, getting to race in Monaco itself is just incredible. It, it's like it's really hard to describe and to explain the feeling, but also to have Formula One there, like watching the races and everything is just incredible. So, uh, yeah, it's a great opportunity. And of course, the championship is really competitive this year. Um, of course, going to a track like Monaco, you expect to be differences between some guys that are on a third year or even fourth year or us, which go into the championship as rookies. But in the end, you see like a difference of one second, 1.2 seconds between first and almost last. So it's, it's the level that there is in this, in this series is just incredible. So it's been great that I'm participating in here because I can learn a lot and try to improve as a driver. I think one, one question I'd like to ask, because I think everyone loves Monaco as a track, and obviously your cars are a lot smaller than the Formula 1 cars, so there's m many more chances to maybe dive down the inside of a corner or whatever. But what is your favourite corner at Monaco? Uh, it, it, it's a good question to ask. Yeah, I think oh, it's a really, really good question. I really like the casino and then, of course, the hairpin. So, um, but yeah, I mean, all the track is just incredible because I really enjoyed every, every every corner uh, that I was that I was driving at the track but I think the hairpin is really really fun because of course you go just full lock one-handed and then go back try to feed the throttle in to not get the wheel spin so it's it's quite a fun corner even though it's, it's quite slow but I, I, I made a move there in the race as well so uh, it, it is a corner where you can overtake uh, I think it's a really good overtaking opportunity and then of course going under the bridge is just incredible as well it's just the whole track. It's it's just so it's it's like it's magical, you know. It's it's really really fun to drive, and to be honest, the like comparing it to the simulators that we tried uh, before the race, because of course testing is impossible in this track. So all you can do is just simulator. It's uh it's actually not far off. It's it's really really good. So um it's a good reference to for us drivers to train and just try to uh, improve before going to the race weekend and then going straight out to the to the track. Yeah, well, so it must be absolutely amazing to drive at Monaco. And uh, you obviously had three race weekends now, uh, Monza and Imola before that. What differences did you find being a support series to F1 compared to the first weekend at Monza where Formula Regional was the main series partaking that weekend? Well, the main thing is the, the timings. Um, of course, the time we have our practice, qualifying races, and then also the format for us changed completely because we usually have practice one and practice two on Fridays. Then we have uh, qualifying um, and one race on Saturday and then another qualifying and another race on Sunday. So you have two opportunities. Now in Monaco, we literally just had one 50-minute practice on Thursday, one qualifying of like 30 minutes on Friday, and then we had one race on Saturday, one race on Sunday. So it's a, a different format. And of course, with one practice in Monaco, straight up to qualifying, it's actually quite difficult. So yeah, it's just a different, it's, it's, it's you have to get used to it uh, really, really quickly because of course, before you have a lot of time to like 
test some things with the team or like, okay, you finish practice one, go into practice two, you see some data, you see some videos, but now it's just, okay, practice, then straight to qualifying. So it's, it's actually pretty crazy. And the track evolution is insane because of course, no one drives at the track. So the track's so dirty. So in practice one, you go out and there's like dirt coming off the back of the cars. And then you go out in qualifying and it's so grippy. And then the race even more. And then the second race on Sunday, there's so much grip like a normal track. So the track evolution is incredible. So you need to kind of get used to it. And of course, expect the car to slide around in practice one. And uh, well, there was there was a lot of crashes in practice one, really, because of course, the, the track is really, really slippery. So it's really hard to to keep it on track. So and of course, having the wall like right next to you as well is like you make a small mistake. Or like you miscalculate a little bit and you clip the wall and then you break the the whole corner, you know. So yeah, it's 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 just an incredible track. It's really really fun. Oh, that's sick. So like compared to the other two tracks that you've raced at this year, which was the most physically challenging one? I think that's a good question. I think uh, Monaco is like physic physically wise. I think I haven't had any issues, but. Monaco is just mentally draining because, of course, everything is, is so fast. Everything comes at you so quickly and you have no straights really to, to breathe or relax. So one thing that we talked about with the team is really important to breathe because sometimes as a driver, you don't realize. But when you're in this situation where everything is just happening so fast, you could like not breathe for a long time. And it's not good because you lose some focus. So um, we were training this to try and actually breathe on the straights, like deep breaths. And uh, yeah, it's just mentally draining and mentally tiring because you finish the race and you sometimes have a headache. It was really warm as well. So that made it a bit harder as well. Um, but yeah, I think physically, uh, even Monaco was the, was the hardest one physically. But out of the tracks I've driven, even in testing, I think Mugello is really, really hard. And then I've heard a lot of sandboard. Sandboard is really, really physical. So I'm looking forward to that. I've got a question about uh, your simulator work. Obviously, you don't, you didn't have much practice time in Monaco. How much time, in compared to what you did practice-wise and stuff actually at Monaco, how much of it was spent on the simulator? Did you have lots of time to prepare, or was it quickly just get in? Yeah, I think it was good because we had a lot of time to prepare, of course. Since we finished Imola, we had a couple of like one or two weeks until Monaco. So we had plenty of time to prepare. So, well, I mean, even the minimal things like watching videos from last year or watching Formula One onboards or F2 onboards, everything can help. Um, so we started with that. And then, of course, here the, the workshop of the team is just 25 minutes away from here. So I just go down here, grab a train, go to the, to the team, and then we're building a new sim. So we're getting some parts delivered. We're getting a new uh, GP2 tub to put in the sim. So um, we're, we're developing the simulator and improving it more uh, to to get it ready for mid-season more or less but at the moment we still have a really good sim so I've been going there a lot and especially for Monaco I think we, we must have spent a lot of days on the simulator <laughs> I, I've, I've probably lost count of how many but yeah it, it was it was a lot it was a lot well uh, as you stated before you're from Peru which is a uh, quite yeah. a long way from Europe and uh, Spain where you reside now uh, yeah. but you've now had two seasons in British F4 and that started your Formula Regional campaign, how different do you find maybe like how aggressive drivers are across from the Americas compared to how they are in Europe? I think, um, well, of course, I started racing in Peru. So the level was just 
not that great like in here, you know. So it's just starting to learn, starting to get used of the go-karts. And then I started to go to America or Argentina. In America, I found a big difference when I first went there because it was a grid of 44 karts at the same time on a start. And it's just incredible because you see like turn one, 10 cars are off. And then the racing is so aggressive, you know, because now now if you go to, to a karting race, you have like the bumper penalties. Before, there was nothing like that. So everyone would just hit each other and just, if so the guy in front was too, was too slow, he would just come behind, just hit him and he was off. So and, and nothing would happen because penalties were not a thing in America, really. So it was just so like hard racing. And, and I think this helped me improve and get more aggressive like be a little bit like them uh, in, in, in some ways. And this helped def definitely helped me to then move to Europe. Um, but then of course I moved to Europe and they had this um, bumper um, <clears throat> method to give, give penalties. And of course you had to calm down a little bit, but it was still great to be aggressive and, and just learn your race craft. Um, and then I raced in the UK in 2019 in karting in the British karting championships while doing some F4 testing. And this, I think, is the biggest thing that helped me uh, just in terms of racecraft. And it was just incredible because you've got a train from 1st to 25th and it's all a train. There's no gap. And of course, every overtaking opportunity, someone's just diving down the inside. So it's either you dive down the inside of the guy in front or someone behind is going to come down the inside. So it's basically a do or get done. So you have to just have to send it every time you can. And uh, I think this really, really helped me. And and then started putting it into practice in single seaters, of course, in 2020. It was it was a difficult because it was like a big transition for me from karting to Formula 4. But then last year in 2021, I could really um, gain a lot of confidence with the Formula car, uh, gain a confidence with the tracks because, of course, the tracks in the UK in Formula are really, really hard. And, uh, of course, you make a small mistake, you're in the grass and then in the wall. Um, in, in here in Europe, there's like big tracks, you have a lot of space. Uh, well, Monaco is an ex exception, but other tracks is, is like, is just completely different. So I could really get used to, um, to the tracks and the car, the teams, everything. And uh, I could really put on my, my race craft and, and we had a good season. So yeah, it was great. So when you obviously came to Europe to like compete in racing, like, what age and like what was like the moment where you're like oh like this is such a good opportunity to like come to the UK and across mm -hmm. Europe race at these tracks yeah well I think it has to be one race I did in Valencia um it was in 2018 I think 2018 or starting 2019 um I think it was starting 2019 it, it was a race in Valencia next 30 and I was already with a British team it's called Fusion Motorsport and I was with them and we were, we were in the race, I finished the race. I remember I had a good race. And uh, so one guy, he's called Gary and he's my manager now. So he approached us and he, he eventually told us, ah, we, we want you guys to, to work with us. And of course, form uh, part of our team, etc. And they're called Infinity. And uh, we said, yeah, of course, it, this is a great opportunity. Of course, we, we really need a manager to help guide us through uh, like going from karting to, to single seaters and everything. So yeah, I think this was a great opportunity because then they told us the UK is the, the place to go in, in formula or like starting karting first before you jump into formula. 
And uh, I, I really think it was a, a good choice. It was a, a really, really good choice to go with them first and then to go to, to the UK because it definitely helped me improve a lot to, uh, to the driver I am now, and especially in, in racecraft and defending and everything. So I think, um, yeah, in the start of 2019 in Spain, and that's when I, I realized, yeah, UK is the place to go. Speaking about um, about your progression and everything, so obviously Gregoire Saucy was the previous champ- championship, uh, well, champion of your category, and he's yeah. obviously now in Formula 3, and he's getting really good results and everything like that. How quickly do you think Formula 3 could be achievable for you? Uh, that's a good question. I think, uh, well, of course, first we, we just need to focus on this season, <clears throat> and then I think everyone starts looking at next season once we get to the halfway points in this season. So um, we still got a couple more races to go. And I think if we, if we really start picking up some, some good results, some points now, I think there's some, some good chances maybe for, for, the, for next year or even two years. So, um, so yeah, I think that would be, it would be great because this series is, is really competitive and it really helps you build as a driver. Of course, uh, Gregoire Sossi stayed in the series for, I think, three years or something. And there's a lot of drivers that are trying to do the same. You have some, some big names in the, in the series that have done three years or even other drivers that are on fourth year or, or something like that. So it's, it's crazy coming in as a rookie and seeing these guys already having three years of experience in this car, the same tracks, everything. So it's a big advantage for them compared to us. But um, it's still all so close that you see, that you realize, okay, I'm actually doing really well. So um, it's just a question of hooking up the perfect lap because in here it's just fine margins that can cost us ten positions or something. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's pretty insane. So I think uh, this is definitely preparing me for for the next step, and hopefully it comes soon enough. Yeah, I mean, as you said, uh, some big names in the series uh, that have been in there a while, but that also brings in big sponsors and a, a yeah. big eyes in the sport onto your series. So do you feel more pressure now driving around in a series where there's like drivers sponsored by big teams in F1 compared to Formula 4 where it's more localised? Yeah, of course. I think that's completely right. Of course, in, in, the British, in British F4, it's a bit more relaxed sort of because... It's just, of course, very local, only in England. Everyone in England knows what's going on. But if you see now coming to Europe, you realize no one's really looking too much into it. They're all just focused in the Italian F4, which is basically the support series of Formula Regional. So it's basically the same. Um, But I definitely think now as a first year driver, for me, I have no pressure at all. I, I I feel no pressure. I just enjoy going out to the track having fun uh doing the best i can and uh i think the pressure comes if you're in the third year fighting for the championship that's when you really start getting the pressure and i'm sure those guys are feeling it and of course having like being an f1 junior of a, of a team that must give you extra pressure so the the pressure in the sport in general is really high um, but for me at the moment it's just a moment of transition so so I'm actually quite relaxed. I don't, I don't feel the pressure or anything, but I'm sure it will come. Yeah. Um, so obviously racing in Formula 4 and racing at these tracks now, like with what was your like favourite track in Formula 4 in the UK that you race at? I think I really like Knock Hill. It was in Scotland. It's a crazy, oh. crazy track because 
it's really small, but it's like it's in a it's in a hill. So it's just so many like up and down, and then a blind chicane where you just jump. It's a, it's a crazy track, and then of course Alton Park I think has to be has to be my favorite in front of Knock Hill. Alton Park was just crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all, all of the all of the British tracks are going to be amazing. We're heavily yeah. biased on this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I love Knock Hill myself. It's just like the the f- the first few corners is just ridiculous yeah. and uh, and everything like that. But on the topic of before your racing. Do you have any pre-race rituals? Do you have any superstitions? Are you a super superstitious man? I mean, um, not really, but of course we we do have our routines, like to like do warm up and everything. So um, that that's just general, just doing some like skipping rope or like stretching, or doing some neck stuff. Um, but that that's basically it. Then I just listen to some music, and then just sit and relax, and then uh, of course then just jump in the car. I I. I think maybe like I, I hit my body, it's just to activate the muscles, like arms, legs, the core, everything. And that's, I think that's quite unique. Um, I've seen only one more driver do it. And that's actually Hauger. He also does the same thing. And, but it's all, it's all like just to activate the muscles. So you just hit all the parts of your body. And uh, yeah, that's sort of the only thing I really, I really do before jumping into the car. No, yeah, well, if you could uh, replicate Dennis's successful three, we'd be very happy with his uh, three times. <laughs> yeah. uh, but talking of like before a race, uh, do you find that the engineers in Formula Regional allow you to be like more involved with setup, or is it a similar level to how you were with British F4 or less, maybe? I think in British F4, uh, well, of course, I was. I had my driver coach, who was Ricky, Ricky Collard. And uh, of course, it was me, my engineer, and Ricky. It was like a triangle of us, and we were all working on the car setup. And uh, they would make the decisions. I would just try try and give the best feedback I could, and then try and see if some things worked or didn't. But I think now uh, with this team, it's, it's a Spanish team. It's, it's so friendly. It's like it's basically like a family. So I've got so much like confidence on telling them if something is not right, if something's gone wrong, if something's great, if something's gone completely right. So. Uh, I think with my engineer, I can easily tell him, like, uh, what do you think about, of course, we both have to agree to make a change, but it's like, um, I give him the feedback and then I say, okay, what do you think about changing this or that? I'd say, yeah, but maybe this could compromise you in this area and stuff like that. So I think you have you have a lot of like liberty to, to try and change things, especially within pre-practice, of course, you don't want to change it in qualifying or the race like this. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's just, like so much like connection and confidence because the, the team is just fantastic so myself and my engineer we've we only had uh, a couple races together and i already feel like i've been with him for the past year as well so it's just it's a great connection with, and it's really important as a driver with your engineer to have the best connection possible because if you don't have a connection or you're not like really confident with him it's not going to work at all so it's it's, it's a recipe for disaster yeah. Um, so my question is obviously when you were like karting in Americas and there was there was like no rules where you could just like take each other off the track was like single seaters like what you wanted to do like after that or did you just do it for fun or did you like want to maybe go into like a like a bigger car sort of series I think well first like in, in America it's um, I think I just went there at the moment, I was still quite young, uh, so I didn't really think as 
as a job or like really professionally. So I was going there, okay, to try and improve myself, uh, try and gain more experience with a bigger grid, more cars and more aggressive racing. And I think it, it definitely worked. But of course, in the things we did there in America, if you try and do it in a single seater, you'll end up with, with no corners and no front wings. So I think <laughs> um, it's, it's in, in a way it was, um, I don't know, it's, it's just completely different because then back then it was just more of like having fun, enjoying, enjoying the racing. And now it's just really, really serious. And one thing I realized is everyone's just so, so like focused. And it's of course our dreams to get to eventually Formula One. And it's, this is basically our job. And uh, it's like a, like a profession and the pressure of course starts, starts building as well. So yeah, it's just completely different worlds to how it was before. So it's, it's a crazy change, really. To uh, to elaborate on my last question, actually, uh, you mentioned obviously you listen to music uh, before yeah. before you race. What's on the playlist? What 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 kind of songs do you listen to? I actually listen to everything, literally everything. So um, I can I can listen to rap. I can listen to like reggaeton. I can listen to electronic music. I can listen to rock. I can listen to everything, literally everything. But I think for me, my favorite band or the band I listen to the most, it could be Coldplay Aww. or Imagine Dragons. And then, uh, well, in Spanish music, I really like Bad Bunny. So that's my, my favorite artist in like Spanish songs and stuff. So, but Gets you Coldplay, hyped. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I really like Coldplay as well. So, yeah. Uh, sounds uh, good. And a uh, little bit going back to how you said you really like. Uh, Alton Park uh, obviously one of the trickier corners at Alton Park being Druids uh, yeah. out of the chicanes uh, what what would you find is the hardest corner that you've had to take since moving into single seater cars oh um, the hardest corner I think it could be like in also in here in Europe or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think ooh, um, it could be in Imola um, Aqua Minerali, of course, the double yeah. right. It's it's actually really really hard because you have to carry in a lot of speed in, so you're kind of double pedaling at the moment. So you have to keep it pinned, but then feed in a little bit of the brake, and then start coming off the the throttle while applying more pressure. So it's actually really hard to get it right and really easy to lock up the front right and just go straight, as we've seen plenty of times as well in Formula One, or just to lose the rear. So uh, it's such a difficult corner, I think, but I, I really enjoyed it. And, and we were surprisingly fast in that corner. We were catching a lot of people there. So it's also important to get a good exit because it's uphill. So it's just like the downhill corner, a little bit banked and then uphill exit. So you need to be really early on power to not like scrub or lose any speed. So yeah, it's, it's just really, really hard. I, I think that's the, that's the hardest corner. And then really close to it, it has to be the knock-hill chicane. That, that yeah. chicane is actually really, really hard because it's completely blind and you have to hit the curbs perfectly to land really nicely because it, you could easily just lose the rear of the car and end up in a wall like we've seen plenty of times. So it's really, really important to get it right. And especially over the course of the race, which is like 20 minutes for us, you have to hit it perfect every lap. So it's actually quite, quite hard mentally as well. Definitely. Any questions? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, so obviously you've got a, you've got a, a, you've got a lot of races still to go. Obviously you've got Paul Ricard coming up. You've also got what Zanvor and Hungary. 
what track are you most looking forward to racing at? Obviously, these are all new tracks to you. Yeah, I think the track I'm most looking forward to has to be Barcelona because it's sort of a home race, home track. And uh, in pre-season testing, we're incre incredibly fast in there. So um, <clears throat> I think the team has a really good car in this track as well. And it's quite late on in the season. So I will have a lot more experience um, and the car is great there. I, I was fast there. So I think that's going to be the weekend, I, I hope as well. So, um, and then also Red Bull Ring. I think Red Bull Ring is going to be a, a really interesting race. So yeah, really looking forward to those. Two tracks where you can really overtake as well, which is good in, in your yeah. cars as well. So even, even say, you know, if, if there's a lot of competition, you could just, as you said in casting, just slide out the inside and just hope for the best kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, the racing is really close in here, actually. It's, it's, it's quite similar to karting. You will see, even though you have the dirty air with the new push to pass we've got, it actually helps quite a bit with the overtaking. It's, uh, it's just a button in the wheel and we press it and it's 15 seconds. You've got extra 20 horsepower. So, uh, of course, in... It only works from fourth gear upwards. So you go third and then change to fourth and then you can use it. So in Monaco, it wasn't really that useful because um, we just changed to fourth uh, at, like at, towards the end of the main straight. And then going up the hill as well, we just changed to fourth at the end. Uh, the only place we could really use it was under the bridge. And um, yeah, it, you always kind of, come out of the corner with a little bit of a gap because of the dirty air on the, on the right so yeah it didn't really work there too much but in tracks like Monza or Imola or Barcelona where the straight is quite big uh, even in Paul Ricard now the straights are massive so push to pass is going to be extremely important so it really helps with the racecraft and racing is actually really really fun in, in this series it's, it's really easy to overtake yeah well uh I know you've only had uh, two races in Italy and one in Monaco, so not too far away. But how, how are you finding the travel difference compared to just uh, going around the UK, which is obviously a little bit more compact? Yeah, I actually think like in the UK, it's, of course, everything by car. So I would much rather drive because we drove from here, Barcelona to Monaco, and it's about six and a half hours. So I think... I would much rather drive six and a half hours from Barcelona to Monaco than from London to Knock Hill. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was, it's definitely nicer, but I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit easier, of course, in the UK because everything was by car and it's like, I don't know, one and a half hours to Donington or two hours to this place or maybe Snet was a little bit far away all, all the way down in Norwich. So um, that's a bit far as well. So here now flying like of course you get used to it but i think with all the flights we have in the year it's it's actually quite tiring so of course just like going through the process of going to the airport dropping your bag getting in the plane and blah 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 it's just all it's so long so doing this quite often during the year it's it's actually quite tiring so but it was worse before when i was of course in peru uh because before i would just um fly from peru to europe when i was in karting and I had to miss school and we had to fly basically one day earlier than we would because it's like a 12 hour flight plus the time, the seven hour time difference that it was more in here. So, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. But I think, uh, yeah, in England, it was just so easy. My coach would just come pick me up, drive one and a half hours where the track. So it was it was quite nice. <laughs>
yeah, I mean, we, me and some of my friends from my uh, my uni course are driving around following British GT this this year, and uh, we're not looking yeah. forward to Snetterton in Norwich. That's going to be quite oh. a drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really far. Drive. It's really, really yeah. far. And there's there's nothing around as well. So it's not like, okay, I'm driving here, but there's a big city in here that I can do some stuff. It's uh, like, in Snet, of course, as a driver, you just go to the track, the hotel, maybe, I don't know, a restaurant nearby, and that's it. It's just a triangle of those three things. Track, <laughs> hotel, eat, eat, sleep, race, eat, sleep, race. So it's basically the only things we do. So yeah, for us, it's it's basically the same if you're in a big city or a, or a small town, but I guess for like spectators, if you go to watch a race and there's nothing around, you're like, mm. so yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Do we have any other questions? Um, just one quickie. So with Paul last year, he came second. Yeah. Obviously, that yeah. was like a big like moment in your like career so far. Obviously, it did it come down to like the last three races, and there was like was it like four drivers all going for the title? Like it came down to the last three. What was your like mind frame going into that weekend, knowing there was four of you all going for the same? thing yeah well it was it was really really hard of course uh the season got really long towards the end because coming from the covid season in 2020 everything was just so compact because we only raised like in the space of three months we raised like 30 races so it was all so quick and then now for 2021 it was of course spread throughout the whole year so um at the beginning, it was not what we expected, but then, of course, we started catching up, getting some good results consistently, um, and we caught up, overtook the leaders, and we were the leader of the championship. And then, I think ever since then, we didn't really like look too much into the table or stuff like this. It was, it was more of like just going to the races and doing what I've been doing. So um, just doing exactly the same, just focus on, on what we have to do. And it will come naturally. So it's first our first focus practice, then qualifying, then the races. Okay, we finish the race. We can take a quick look at the table. Okay, keep keep on keep on going. So, but I think once we got towards the end, of course there was four drivers in it, like you said, and it was uh, in Donington Park. I think we we didn't really have a great qualifying. We qualified like seventh, and it, it was like probably I think one of the worst qualifiers of the year. I think uh, or like worst result in qualifying. And it's, it was like, like okay, I needed to be at the front. My other rival was starting on pole for both races. So I really needed to get overtaken in the races. And I think we, we in race one, it was quite tough. We didn't really have too much, too much pace. In race two was a reverse grid and we make some good moves. And then in race three, we started seventh. We went up to third in like lap two or something. And then we got hit off the track, but then came back to second again. So that was a good race and kind of kept our hopes alive for the championship because it was only 12 points going into the last round in Brands Hatch. Um, but yeah, of course, going into Brands Hatch, 12 points, it was basically the same. I wasn't really too pressured by it. I think more pressure was on the guy that was leading the championship to maintain the lead. Um, and we qualified really well. We were in front of him for both races, but... Then I think uh, for race one, I was, I was just, it's, you change a lot compared to how you are at the beginning of the season, um, especially if you're fighting for a championship, you, you turn into a completely different driver. So I remember I just, you just go and you just focus on overtaking everyone you have in front. You don't care about the championship. You don't care about the points. 
you only care about if you've got a car in front, you just send it in. So that's what I was doing in, in race one. But then unfortunately, we had a, a little bit of contact with my teammate in, in Brands in, in the last couple of corners. And we ended up off in the in the first race. So then the gap was just huge. So um, yeah, that was basically the, the turning point in the championship. But then we also still had to worry about the, the two guys in front because we were really close together. So um, then in race two, we had a puncture. So that didn't help. Um, and that's when the other guy won the championship. Um, but then in race three, we had a good race. We finished in second and, and we could uh, stay in second for the championship as well because of the fastest lap. That's one point. And we were equal on points. And he, he finished first. I was in second. And um, I got the fastest lap. So that one point helped me finish in, in second place. So it was still really close. So you still have to focus about other things. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's crazy how you you can have so much like heartbreak about losing the championship. But you need to like wake up because there's two guys behind you that, that are, could also overtake you. So you need to like just change, move on, turn the page and just keep going. So... Yeah, it was it was a fun season. It was pretty up and down. So, um, but I, I really really enjoyed it. It was it was incredible. That's, sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. think, uh, uh, well, the meeting's going to end soon anyway. So I think that's all the time we have. But yeah. uh, thank you for joining us, Mate- uh, Matthias. It's been a wonderful yeah. having you. And uh, thank you very much. Yes, but good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, good luck. We'll be thank rooting you for you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you so much.